Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, it's your host, Sean. We bellied back up to the bar. It's Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and I got to turn my mics down. My mics seem really loud today. That's because I spent my Saturday at the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, hanging out with the likes of folks like Dory Funk, Ted DiBiase, The Beast, Dan Severins, um, T, uh, Booker T., Let's see, Manny, the raging bull, Fernandez. Not that I'm bragging, not that I'm doing those things, but it fits right into where we're at today. We're bellying back up. You know, Dibs is over here with me hanging out, but more than anything, we got our man, Doug Dreyer of DCD Collects. He's going to tell us what's hot, what's happening in the world of collecting, what's going on in that DCD world, and we're going to make it happen for... It's going to be at least an hour, folks. I'm going to promise you that, but I cannot promise you how much longer it's going to go past there. Welcome, brother. Hey. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure coming back to talk to you, to meet you, Dibs, of course. Anybody with some Halos and uh, Ducks fandom in there is good oh. with me. But, uh, uh, you know, love coming here, Sean. I know you and I, we talk a lot. Uh, getting it under an hour is an impossibility. Uh, We're it goes pretty quick, though, so so we like that. But you know, and there's really let's talk about. Can we talk about what, in my opinion, is the hottest team in baseball? Let's hear it. The O's. The let's talk O's. About them. Oh my gosh! I want to say since like the All Star game, aren't they like the best record in the Major League Baseball? They are. And I think like the oldest player on the team is like 13. He might have played in the major <laughs> league, like in the World Series Little League. Like he might be 13 years old. Like I look at those guys and I'm like, you got to be kidding. They are super young. They are super, super. Isn't young. it crazy that you just never know? I mean, like we went into the trade deadline and the Yankees were hot and they traded, they made trades to bolster themselves and. The guys they got rid of have done beautifully. The guys that they got have done horribly. And and they've really, you know, they've really cratered in terms of their success. Whereas a team like the Orioles, where people were just. They gave up before the season even started on them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're hot and they're having fun and they're playing enjoyable baseball. That's that's the beauty of sports, right? You just said it. Yeah. 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 And that's, you got to be a sports fan and not just, uh, that, that's what I tell people. Like, obviously I'm an Angels fan, but I'm a sports fan more than anything. And it's, it's kind of, you look at the the Braves when they made their run, when four exactly. of their all-star players salary equaled that of Trout. Like you're looking at your Acuna, uh, Acuna yeah. Freeman, all them, all their salaries together equaled what Trout's most recent deal was. I was in Washington, DC a couple summers ago and I went to a, a nationals game right after the all-star break. And they were talking about firing the manager and dumping the team, breaking them up. And then they get hot and they win the world series that same year. And so it's really interesting to see how something can really switch a team on or off. You know, the angels we know were hot early on and then they went into this horrible 14 game (laughs) losing streak. I thought, 
I felt like a Cowboys fan where the first half of the season, I'm like, this is our year. And then drop 15 in a row. I'm yeah. like, never mind. No. I'm going to go crawl back in my cave. And Look, you until just you're, never know. Until your team holds the record for the longest losing streak and the <laughs> worst season in baseball history. Like, don't talk to me about slides. My poor, <laughs> my poor O's have decades of slides and it's so horrible in, in a city like Baltimore that for the longest time was Baseball City USA had that yeah. nickname, like that's yeah. who we were. I mean, yeah. I mean, I remember when they built Camden Yards and they were thirty year anniversary was this year. All that stuff. That's I, I remember all the Ripken stuff. Like that's yeah. growing up. Like that was a that was a big part for me. Is, I was at that, that game. I was at the game he tied and broke the record. Nice. So I think we've talked about this all, yeah. off air, Doug and I. So Doug was at the game where he broke the record. My, I think my dad might have been at that game. So I was at the game where the record ended, which was oh, against yeah. the Yankees. And none of us knew that it was the, the game that the record ended. I just remember I had come up for the weekend from uh, in the Marine Corps from Jacksonville to uh, see my dad and my mom. And my dad was like, you want to go to the game? And my dad was the biggest ass. I loved my dad. If you think I can be an ass, the old man was six foot one, six foot two with like big bony hands and had no problem with putting them on somebody. He was an ass. And uh, some there, if you ever go to Camden Yards, the Yankee fans are everywhere in those games because it's just so close. And a lot of people trans like, you know, they move between those cities very easily, Baltimore and New York City. So some woman, I'll never forget it. Some woman was like screaming like, woo, Yankees. And the old man's like giving her the evil eye. And he only had one eye. The other was glass. So it was funny <laughs> that he gave her the evil eye. So this is all going down. And uh, all of a sudden, the O's start winning the game. And my, my dad clapped. I don't know how this is going to sound on a podcast, but he didn't clap like with both hands where the fingertips touch. He, the- he clapped like this. Yeah. And trapping the air, trapping the yep. air. So he's clapping, and I'm thinking, I'm gonna have to fight this lady. I'm gonna have to fight this because my dad's cheering and leaning over towards her, clapping like this. I'm like, I'm gonna have to fight this lady. I'm gonna have to fight a woman because my dad is over here being an ass. But I was, I got back to Jacksonville, and he's like blowing my phone up. He's like, Do you have this ticket stub? Where's your ticket stub? Do you have your ticket stub? And I'm like, I couldn't find my ticket stub. Fast forward 2017, my dad, we, Doug and I've talked about things like this. My dad passed away. I got a lot of his stuff from my stepmother inside of that box was his ticket stub from that game. And the 2031, what is it? 2031 or whatever. 2131. 2131. And the 2131 stub is in there also. Also a real rarity. See if Doug knows this one. Doug, have you ever heard of the Baltimore Stallions. Yep. So that was uh, before the uh, Browns made their way to back to Baltimore. I used to have a lot of the Baltimore Stallion uh, memorabilia. A lot. It's a long story, but we knew the people doing the testing for that. You were the only uh, person that had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Baltimore, but Baltimore Stallions was going to be the uh, the team the that CFL? went there, and then of course the uh, the. Uh, the, the team moved, the, the Browns moved there and became the the Ravens. We were, you know, my dad, we, we had a, a building company in Baltimore, Ryland Homes. We sponsored all those teams. In fact, at the Ripken game, 
there's that great image of him waving in front of the scoreboard and, and our Ryland sign is on all the cards, all the photos, some of the best free advertising that you'll yes. ever get. But we had, we, we did the Ravens as well. We, we had a seats at the PSI net stadium. Yes, pissy net, pissy net pissy stadium. <laughs> and so we were a big part of that. And I guess, you know, speaking of the Ravens, uh, Poe just got injured in, yes. in a football game, you know, mascots versus kids. Uh, apparently they were going all out and, and Poe broke his wing or something like that. It was a, it was a, a knee injury. I just saw that. And real quick, uh, Myron uh, Lazone says, what's up, Nathan? What's up, how, how are you Nathan, guys doing? Hello. And, Do you uh, remember, go, did you go to the early Ravens games at PSI net? The earliest game I can remember going to, let me think about my kid's age. So yeah. I just took my son, Tyler, fucking just took him to college drove from albany to tampa and back to albany in five days wow that's if that that's sort of like driving from like portland oregon to san San diego Diego and back Back. in five days i did that but i would say the first game i went to was about 18 years ago it was the ravens and the dolphins and ed reed had set the single season record uh, for intercept, I don't remember if it was interception yards or uh, total interceptions. It was something like that during that game. You know, it's it's funny how we go back and think that. I remember going to the very first game at PSI Net. You went to the game. first game. We were there, and uh, they had this. Uh, their their like welcome video or rules video was they brought in a Baltimore Hun. Remember <laughs> Baltimore Hun would come out. Hey, dear Hun. Listen here, there, hon. Let me explain as, this to you for a minute. Stereotypical beehive woman you could think of. She had the hair net and the hive, and she went, okay, you know. And and I think it lasted two games before everybody just complained so much. So, so here's but, something uh, for you about Baltimore. We actually have where I grew up in Dundalk a yeah. hun festival. That's a thing. It, and for those of you who don't know what a hun is, look up what a hun is. It's a woman, beehive oh, hairdo, uh, yeah. probably wearing a muumuu. Yeah. Um, and we'll play duck pin bowling. And if you don't know what that is, I'm not explaining it. Go look up <laughs> I duck used pin to bowling. play that in Baltimore. That's right. Baltimore. Go hey there, listen, hon. We're going to go ahead, down there. We'll go down to the harbor. We'll go ahead and get some crabs. We'll come on back home, maybe play some duck pin bowling. <laughs> hang, out by, hang out on the stoop for a little bit. You know, we get a case of Natty Bow. Just hang out for a little bit. We'll have us a good that's old time. Ex- Don't even worry oh, my about gosh. It. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's that was like, you know, mid-90s. And, uh, yeah, so right before that, I think it was 94, 93, they were talking about the Baltimore Stallions to go back into your your topic. Yeah, there. CFL. They, that yep. was the, Well, that was a big thing. Do you know what the Stallions are, Deb? I don't, but by the sounds of it, it sounds like they're the team before the before the Browns, before, the, the, CFL, before yeah. the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. So, so do you, Dibs? Do you remember the draft uh, or the the and uh, the Carolina Panthers and God, who was the other one? It was the Jacksonville Jax, Jaguars. Jacksonville. Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I've been a Panthers fan since day one. Um, so, so you got my favorite punter, Johnny Hecker. Now, I'm, he was a friend of yes. mine. Yes. Yep. But, Good but guy. Do, do you remember when they when they became an expansion team? Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So everybody really thought that Baltimore was going to get a team that year, and it was like, exactly. it was like. How the hell you put one in Charlotte and Jacksonville? Jacksonville. They already have yeah. two teams. So fast forward, 
Baltimore gets a CFL team. Okay. Called the Stallions. Year one, this was when everybody in Baltimore was like, CFL is garbage. I don't want anything to do with it. Year one, as an expansion team, they win the Grey Cup. Big. Nice. Like, yeah. And then, and then year two, they dismantled the team because they wanted to be the Colts and they wouldn't let them be the Colts. They dismantled the team. And l- let's see how good. Now, see, folks, if you don't know who Doug is and DCD collects, I make, make sure I got this banner running. Doug, Doug's one of the few people I can't stump on sports shit. <laughs> uh, and I'm not a great sports guy. I like knowing things. What was the other Baltimore Browns team? Oh, that's a good question. The other Baltimore Browns team. All, all Baltimore right. teams started off. The two yeah. major Baltimore major league or major sports teams in Baltimore both started off as the Browns. All right, that's a good trivia. So what's the, what's the answer? Before they were the Baltimore Orioles, they were the St. Louis Browns. Yep. That I okay. I thought you meant football. Ah, no, I got you. The St. Louis Browns. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, exactly right. And I remember, uh, going back when we were living in Baltimore, we were good friends with Tom Maddie. Why do I, I know that? Tom Maddie, because he was a Baltimore Colt. Yes. Uh, and, and, and we did some charity work with him for a group called Baltimore Reads was about urban education, reading and stuff. And we were once at a golf event and I had brought a football cause he had promised me he'd get it signed by Johnny Unitas. Johnny, you. Oh. So. Great. I brought Johnny this football Joe <laughs> and uh, I go, Hey, you know, Tom, I brought this football and he goes, Oh yeah, here, come with me. And we walked to the back of this golf club, wherever we were. And Johnny Unitas just sitting there. Just- and he's like, Hey Johnny, you know, my, my friend Doug is here with his dad and his mom. And you know, he brought a football. Will you sign it? And Johnny goes, Oh, of course. And he signed it. You know, he was pretty old and, but still he has one of the greatest signatures of all time. It's just clean yep. and, and so we signed it. We talked for a minute. And then Tom Matty took the football and said, hey, you want to see me devalue this football by a lot? And then he signed it too. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Which was great because we were good friends with Tom Matty. And I thought about him because he just passed away recently. But he was a big part of that Baltimore Colts uh, team. But, yeah, he 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 uh, signed that football, but he had the best sense of humor. He was the guy that would say, Hey, you want to wear the, the championship ring and let you hold all that kind of stuff. That's so awesome. See now for me a- as a Baltimore fan, and I've always said it, if we had a professional badminton team, I'd root for him. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Artie Donovan fan. Yes. Um, here's a, uh, here is the, Opposite of Babe Ruth. Here's a New York City guy who comes to Baltimore. If you didn't know it, Dibs, he was also a Marine uh, during the Second World War. But for the longest time, he would do the uh, pregame stuff on TV before we when we lost our team. But he was there through the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. And he, he was one of these guys who would tell stories that were like, so we had like, I had like two broken arms, two broken legs. Uh, my neck was in seven pieces. And I'm like, coach, I don't think I can go out. And the coach would be like, don't be a bitch. Get out there on the field. And he'd be like, ah, I'm going to go out there. But you could find him at a local crab house in Baltimore. Yeah. I have a buddy who. Accessible. He, he was like, he, he was just that guy. 
He and, and you talk about accessible. Let's talk about accessible for a minute because I can get off on Baltimore stuff all day long. You've been doing some extra breaks there, uh, Mr. Douglas. Yeah, we've been having fun. We've been doing a lot of our mystery breaks featuring original art. But we've been doing some sports stuff as well because we like sports. We like opening that product. It's a different crowd. We're trying to appeal to to a lot of the people we want to be around, collectors, really, and having fun. We're not trying to do the high-end product. We're trying to have fun with it. We do box wars, pack wars. We have uh, challenges where you can choose your champion, where, say, Dibs and, and Sean, you guys buy a box and you split it. You go pack by pack. And you can, you know, like, there might be a category of, okay, first, latest birthday in the year or alphabetical yeah. names. And, and whoever wins, you pick before the, the category is chosen. And then whoever wins gets those packs. And, and it's just really goes back to when I was a kid doing pack wars with my dad. We would sit there at his office. We'd buy a box of tops for 20 bucks. Uh, 36 packs. We'd, we'd break them into, you know, 18 per, and we'd just pack more. Okay. Most home runs or most wins or stolen bases or something. Ooh, and, and it was just a way of making the cards more than the cards, right? You, you, you had to look on the back and read the stats and then you got to read the little anecdotes they would have. It was just a really good way to, to turn collecting into a conversation and to, uh, research the way we're doing it with the non-sport stuff is you know okay who was born earliest or we had one who was the tallest the oh, heaviest yeah, one or we had uh, uh you went one that was like who who had who weighed the most and, and someone Dibs had, wins uh, it, I, and i think one of us pulled uh howard taft you know who got got stuck in the bathtub i mean it's just <laughs> well, was perfect on that but it's really just a way of turning collecting into more i mean we think about collecting and what you hear about collecting today is money right we hear about mantles selling for 12 and a half million dollars uh which blow my mind uh but but people when they're hearing about collecting it's about the money and we really want to point out that collecting is about the passion the love the the knowledge, the connection. And I know you and I have talked many times about the connection part of all this, but it, we're trying to just make it fun and put that joy back in where you're, you're in a room with your friends like Dibs and Sean and me, we're sitting there and we're opening packs and we're, we're cracking jokes. And, and it's almost like uh, we're Waldorf and Statler from the Muppets while people are opening up cards, right? We're the two old guys in the back and people can comment. It's much more communal. And, and we're really just trying to, to turn collecting back into the fun part of it. We're trying to sell boxes, of course. Right. But, but we'd rather have people doing it because they're enjoying it. You know, we want you to come back and be a part of our family. And, you know, Sean, you've been in our chats. Oh, yes. You've seen our streams. They're, they're a lot of fun. They're family friendly. We're out there talking. We're It's like being in a room with just your friends, giving them praise when they do something great or giving them crap when something goes wrong. We had great moments where we're opening a pack of cards and there's something that nobody had seen or heard of before. It was like no value. And that's now become sort of the inside joker. A guy pulls a PSA 9 Flava Flav card from like the Yo! MTV rap set. Yes. Now, it's a nothing card, but you know what? 
that became the card. The oh, absolutely. Thing. We're all, no, you know, we got yeah. like we're gonna drill a make a necklace out of it and put it in like with the clock, and we're all saying, "Yeah, boy." Yeah, and that's the fun of it. Those things you remember. Yeah, and that's the fun of it. I mean, for the people that don't know, like, uh, what an actual breaker is. So it's funny. I never knew what a breaker was, and then I actually had a friend that was doing card breaks. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll try it. Like, I'll see what it is. But for the people, if you want to explain what a breaker is, just in case someone. Yeah, so a breaker is, it's been going on a while now where people will be online streaming and they will break open a box. And then there are different ways of doing that. There's there's a break where the person's opening up the box for themselves and they, they're just kind of show it's like a, a lesson on the box. You know, they're talking about, hey, we got this card, we got this card. Then there are breaks where people can buy into. Uh, so say you're doing a baseball break, that you could sell it in a couple different ways. You can sell 30 spots and where each person is randomly to assigned a team. And then at the end of, uh, as they open it, you pull out, say, a Mike Trout. If you had the Angels, that card goes to you. And yep. the benefit you of throw that, that away, right? That's not worth shit. <laughs> the yeah, benefit right. of that is you're you're you have the chance of getting some really nice cards at a much lower price. Uh, so instead of spending like five hundred dollars on a box of cards on your own, maybe you're spending forty dollars. But if the big card gets hit and it's your team, you've got a big name card for, for less price. So you can do it by team where you can just buy a random spot. They have it also where you can pick your team and, and some teams are worth more than others. Like maybe you want to buy the Yankees. And of course the Yankees have a lot more big names. They have a lot more collectors. So say a Yankee spot might be $300. Whereas a Minnesota twin spot might be 30. So, so that one's much more based on you can get the team you want, but you're going to pay more for it. I'm an Angels guy. Dibs is an Angels guy. Angels are, 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 are expensive because you have a chance of getting a Mike Trout, a Shohei Otani. Yeah, Otani. So, yeah, my first break that I was ever a part of, I tried getting the Angels. I think it was 55 a spot. Yeah. And someone pulled a one-of-one Otani refractor. And I'm like, it, well. I'm going to go cry now. Like, yeah. Right. And, and so a couple there's hundred that, thousand dollar card. But there's that concept of, you know, you're, you're hoping you get the big one. And uh, I've seen a lot of breakers online where it's just business. So like they're, they're okay. Here's the people. Here's the packs. Here we go. We got this, 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 this. Uh, the other thing you can do is a division break. Those are usually a bit more, Ooh. but you, you, there's six slots, right? So you've got the, you can be randomly aside the AL West Central East or the NL West Central East. Uh, and you've got, um, you know, six teams to choose from or, or, or five teams to choose from any team that like, say you were assigned the AL West, any team that comes up in that, any card that comes up, you get that team. So there there's ways of breaking. Uh, we also, we do it primarily uh, with divisions because we, we enjoy that more. People get a more of a chance to, to get something, right? No, normally, you know, I don't want you to go home empty-handed. I want you to enjoy the process. We have, as, as Sean will tell you, the best breaker in the biz. He really is. I thought we were going to get him tonight. I really did. You know, it's just tonight, you know, we normally, he streams Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we'll, we'll find a time, maybe a Saturday night. I know you do sometimes Saturdays. We'll Once find in a while. We can work together. For you. For you, I would make an exception on for Saturday. them. Do it for them. I, I'm just the 
name guy. No, no. The the talent is Trevor and DC. Good people, you know. I gotta tell. Uh, you, I gotta tell. I gotta tell you. I I get to work every day with my best friends, and that makes a hell makes life a hell of a lot better. So uh, to go back to breaks, then we do our our favorite items are these mystery boxes with art, like comic book features. We build small batch boxes, say twenty five, and each box will feature if it's an artist break or a gallery spotlight will feature original art. Uh, I've known, I've been working comic cons for 35 years. I've built great relationships with artists and, and we have been able to build this incredible roster of talent where we can just, Hey, I, I'm, I'm trying to build this kind of box. Who's in, or we'll talk to them. Hey, we want to feature you in a mystery break. You know, it'll all be their art. Uh, we we've worked with some incredible people, Brian Tillman, being fuchsious lee cozy of course is a star wars lucasfilm artist uh where you're going to buy a box and every box you're going to get is going to have an original piece of art so everything's one of a kind uh you're, you're no matter what you're getting something that is of one of one which we think is really nice uh every fifth box will have a larger piece of art uh say for example uh, every box will have a sketch card size. We call them art cards. Our artists tend to go above and beyond uh, a, a typical sketch card. Uh, they're painted, they're gouache, they're watercolor. We've done a few oils. You know, we have a lot of fun with it. Every fifth box will have something like an 8x10 or a 9x12. So you have the chance of getting a really nice sized piece of art. And then, of course, one box will have the hit. That's usually an 11 by 17 that is... Uh, way more valuable than the price of the box. So generally you have a chance of buying a box. We tend to price like 99, 125, 150, 199, 250 or whatever. Uh, but the big hit is normally worth multiples of that. Can, can uh, and, we talk and we about just where I almost wanted my money back? Can we talk about where I almost wanted my money back? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was the bounty hunter box. Yes. And I was like, yeah. There is a 7.5 CGC gold sealed autographed comic book first appearance Boba Fat. It's got all the bounty hunters on the cover. Signed by Jeremy Bullock, inscribed by Jeremy Bullock as Boba Fett. It was pretty. I'm funny. like, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get that shit. Doug, Doug, <laughs> Doug will make sure I get that box. Doug, Doug knows. He knows what the deal is. He knows I'm looking for that box. And then I'm watching. Sandy was it sit no it wasn't San Diego was, uh WonderCon in Anaheim WonderCon and all of a sudden it it wasn't uh it was because it's one of the guys from the group it was um Steve, Steve Steve yeah it was Steve all of a sudden he's like he shows up and Dibs you know that guy that has like the golden horseshoe dead up his ass yep <laughs> that's Steve Steve has got a golden horseshoe dead in his backside when he opens he's the guy's like Oh, maybe I'll just get a break. I'll get a box. I'll get a box. I'm, oh, it's just, you know, it's a dis, you know, I see everybody's on here doing boxes. Uh, give me number thir- lucky number 13. Everybody's always like, oh, 13. I ain't touching that. And all of a sudden, it's like, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Every time I'm, I'm hating well, on him. Don't get it I'm going to tell you how we do it because one of the things we really pride ourselves on is transparency. And we don't ever want to be accused of stacking boxes or, or uh, tipping boxes. So what we do is when we build a box, 
we number them on on camera and then we randomize the numbering on camera and then whatever the numbers are order are after seven randomizations we put them in that order and we sell them in that order so in no way do we uh we don't even know because once they're built they're sealed moved around put somewhere someone else dc will come in and number them uh we know we don't know anything about the order of the boxes or the content of the boxes uh, the other thing we we will do if say they all sold at once we will then randomize your names and then randomize the boxes and just put them together because we don't ever want people to think we're doing that there are breakers who have done those kinds of things yep. there, there has been some really really I've heard some horror stories from some horror stories, and, and so you'll find on yep. our on our YouTube or uh, Twitch streams, we put up every number system there. And when we're selling them live too, we keep a checklist, and they go in that exact order. We'll show you that checklist. If you came to my booth and you said, "Hey, I want to buy Star Trek," or "I want to buy Bounty Hunters," we'll hey, and I saw the numbering on the on the camera. We can show you. Hey, we've sold these twelve. Here's the 13th box. We do that. They're numbered very clearly, very obviously. And we we publicize all of that so no one will ever think we're doing anything nefarious. That's just something we decided very early on. We were going to be as transparent as possible. And that's huge. I mean, and it's and it's really cool to go through and look. Like I was on your website uh, when I was getting stuff for um, – some of the designs and logos yeah. and stuff. And it's just cool to, cause I'm a huge sports guy anyways. Like, and I, I would get in part, I would join breaks for like the Padres because I got yeah. to know um, at the time their shortstop. He's now the Brewers third baseman, Luis Urias. And I'm like, no one wants his cards. I'll take them. Like yeah. I know him. I'll take it. And I got like 35, 40 of them when he first joined the Padres. People were like, Oh, why are you doing that? And now he's huge. He's a huge part of the Brewers. And I'm like, Yeah, oh, you gonna sell him? No, like it's just I know him, he's a friend. But it's cool that yeah. you go outside of that, outside of the sports thing. Like, I personally will probably be getting one of the ghoul game galleries. I'm a huge There's only gamer. two left. Only I know I'm a huge gamer, and the two pictures, one Kratos, I love God of War to see yeah. that sketch there is amazing and then to see master chief it, halo yeah, is what and i we started actually, yeah Ghoul, uh sketch ghoul sean uh was actually in our booth or in our studio saturday night so you can go back and watch the stream where he was with dc the breaker uh, it was incredible one of the things we really are excited about is the access we have with these artists. You can buy a box of cards and you might get a sketch card in there and that's really the end of it. But if you're with us, quite often the artists are in the chats. Brian Tillman will be there. Bing will be there. Sketch Ghoul, Sean, he's there constantly. We're really trying to build relationships with these artists and thinking of it much more as a collaboration than an assignment. You know, we yeah, talk are, to these guys yeah. Sean wanted to do games. So we're like, hey, let's do it, you know, and, and you've got full control. Pick what you want to do, what your hits are, and, and that's what came of it. These artists are, are collaborators with us. They're, they're not just like, here's my job. I got to do it. I'm out. We really are trying to, to keep them with our community. So if you're in, our, uh, you're in our, our streams, you can ask the artist questions or you buy a box 
and he can give you his thoughts on why he did that and, and so on. That's that's something else we really, I think, separates DCD collects from everybody else is, is the access uh, that we have and we and can provide. And yeah, that's cool. Were, you were on the yeah. left coast, weren't you? I was for a little bit, yeah. So you were at Pendleton? Yep. Lee Corso? Cozy. Cozy, however pronounce it. Cozy. Look, I met Lee. I Do you not know I butcher everyone's name, Douglas? Do not know, like, I am the worst human being for people's <laughs> names. Is I that why to, I have to put my name down here so you, you can come? No, that's yes, why I made my is. name four letters. Like, that's why yeah, I made my name four me. letters. <laughs> well, I know jarheads can't read. So I'm, half, to... I'm half an illiterate. <laughs> if it wasn't, like, I actually had to reach out to, to my marketing person who does a lot of our IT stuff at work. And I was like, hey, look, the spell check ain't working on, on this program. She was like, oh. Let me, I'm like, you, you got to fix that. She's like, yeah, we're, I'm like, you don't understand. I'm half an illiterate. I will jack up all these words. Me, Sean, you work me. <laughs> but I think you might be, might, might be the thing where the, the spell check even reads your work. and goes, Oh God, I can't know. tell you how many times. We don't know what he's saying. We give you up. You click on it and it's like no suggestions. Like No idea, 100%. man. Good luck. Good luck that, with that. I've had spell check just say, ha, ha, ha. Really? Like yeah. that shit's so bad, but yeah. Lee was in the Marine Corps and a lot of the murals around Pendleton, he painted yeah. while he was in. Nice. See, that, so, that, that's cool. I mean, especially when you look at the art forms that come out of that. Uh, I mean, you look at like your terminal lances and you look at all these other military stuff. That, really? I don't like terminal lance. I cannot. I really? Can't deal with, I, don't. I don't like the, the new ones, the old ones I related to. And I think cause I was, in during that time frame and now it seems like they're going a little more political and it's just yeah, yeah. I, like i can't do the terminal like i never got in the terminal lance because it just you know what it seemed to me like like a shit bird doing comic books i'm like oh okay yeah so yeah. You, so you sucked at your job and you couldn't figure out i'm sorry doug we're just talking marine corps for a that's okay no no that's i mean i think it's really interesting you guys have this great talk but when you're doing these kinds of products you're really actually learning about different styles of art, right? Like, like you're learning. I know uh, there's a great minimalist sports artist out there. There's Lee Kosey, of course. We have an upcoming project where he's been doing stuff for us. I've got an incredible Babe Ruth and an incredible Wayne Gretzky. We have more coming where we're going to work on on combining sports with art, right? You you know, we, we can open boxes and you can get, sketch cards of baseball players and stuff. We're going to build on that. Um, I just had uh, an artist do two Rams pieces for me. They're way over there. Otherwise I'd come get them and show you, but he did two Rams and it just, do you remember in the nineties, there was like Fanimation. Uh, yeah. I think it was an upper deck product yep. where they did these athletes that were like robots and, you know, yep. all these cyborgs and stuff. And he did the, the Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald in those style. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and he had no Tani, but I missed it. But I'm going to have him work on a trout for me. But, yeah, you know, but, why can't we combine those things? But I, I like know. that type of stuff. Like, my trout poster isn't just, like, it isn't like that Oh, like, I mean, obviously he's got that catch that's famous, yeah. like all that. But when it came, I actually won this on a break, funny enough. Nice. I, I won the post, and there was a couple of options. I'm like, no, no, like, I want the sketch boat. Like, I would much rather have, like, the art-looking sketch-style yeah. stuff well, you instead saw, of the live so, action. Talking about auctions, you know, Greg Kreenler, who is the 
the baseball artist, he had one of his paintings just sell at auction. It was the Mike Trout catch in yep. Baltimore, and it sold for $36,000. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking baseball art, Kreenler is the artist. He is the Norman Rockwell Award winner. He is Hall of Fame and tops, everything. That is fine art. I mean, you think about his Absolutely. work. If you go to his website, it is iconic material and you know everything from babe ruth to jose bautista bat flip and jeter's oh, yeah. last hit and uh just a great george brett signing autograph baseballs all these balls are you know put out to have them signed um that's art too and you're learning about that stuff i i have a gray creenler now being painted he's working on a piece for me if you go through his instagram on Mike Trout's birthday, August 5th, you'll see a piece that he's got. It's a much more close-up shot of Trout holding a bat. That's a piece he's doing for me. Nice. But there's also guys, Art of Words out of Philadelphia, who does uh, – he takes – he handwrites, say, every player on the Baltimore Colts, and it'll be the stadium. Or it'll be uh, – I have the 2013 Mike Trout MVP art where, where every uh, – box line he had you know his hits and and stuff uh was used to make a piece of art a portrait of mike trout so there's so many things that can be done and one of the things we're really trying to do is show art is accessible you can get these kinds of things you can read comic books and and hey i might be able to get an, a piece of art from that guy or I'm, i can have my favorite character drawn in my favorite style uh, I collect Mike Trout stuff. You have Trout stuff. You might have, I don't know, Chris Oils, your favorite, oh. Brady Anderson. Uh, Chris Oils, greatest catcher. Brady <laughs> Anderson, second base. I mean, come on. I mean, so can I get know, a Jackson Holiday? Well, hold on. I got to ask this question real quick. What if I just wanted some swag? Like, I know you got access to everything. <laughs> I want a Jackson Holiday. A Jackson holiday. Like, what do you want? Like, shit, I guess I'll take his undies if it really was all I could get. But, I mean, I, don't, I, I don't, think Jackson holiday is going to, like, like Jackson holiday is the second coming for the O's between him and, um, what's the other kid's name um, that was, was the, he's the catcher. Oh, um, uh, Rock, uh, Adley, Adley, Adley yeah. uh, Rockman Rock, or Rutschman. Yeah, yeah. I think those two dudes are are the the yeah. foundation of what the o's will be i mean sure that's like you know um rick Demp you know getting rick dempsey back and but but, but is that a thing so like, much about who you collect who you connect with whether it be uh you know art donovan or mike trout or whomever you can pick your guy who you, you were uh you like that third baseman now what was his name i'm sorry urias Lu luis urias yeah luis yeah urias. For the People are like, why do you collect him? Well, why not? I met him, and, and that's you had a connection. My son met Johnny Hecker, and all of a sudden, my son became a football fan. Now he plays football, and he wants to be that. But Johnny Hecker was so nice to my son and, and turned us into Hecker fans. I have two game-worn jerseys. Uh, he's given me footballs. I mean, and, and so when he got cut by the Rams and went to the Panthers – my son had tears in his eyes. Like that was a real connection that he had to a player on a local team. Yeah. And, 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 and it builds. Really yeah. It builds that relationship. I mean, like 
it's one of those things where people have their their teams and that's what i tell people all the time like oh who are your teams and i tell them like but i'm more of a sports fan like it's just yeah. it builds that connection with people so with the Luis urias thing not only did i meet him like because and people i don't think realize in lower like single a baseball these guys don't get paid enough to survive. No. So they, they get they get, a, they have, like, they get adopted by families. Yeah. So the family that adopted Urias was one of my good friends that I played soccer with, his family. So then like mm-hmm. I got to go to pool parties and like you get to know these guys. And it's I think one of the biggest things. You didn't have your but personal. <laughs> I met no, people- Dan Jefferson at an event. Rand Jefferson, Rams receiver, third, you know, the third, fourth receiver. But I met him and had a really nice time talking to him. And now all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I'll collect Van Jefferson. Why not? Not expensive. It's not about value. It's because I look at that card. I remember, hey, I, I sat with him and had lunch. And yeah. those things really matter. They're yeah. personal. Like you That's said, they're collecting. Like, like you said, there's there's people that have that are fans of sports. Or there's people that didn't really watch sports. Like you said, your son never watched sports. And then – all of a sudden he meets that one person and it clicks. And then one yeah. that not only builds a relationship between him and the sports, but it builds relationships between you and him. It's something that you can connect. Totally. He it wanted builds. to go to every Rams game. With exactly. Yeah. Well, we've talked about that so many times. The, the, the father son, I mean, my, my connection with my dad and, and the O's, your connection with your dad and the, and the Rams, yeah. you know, that, that is such a, a huge thing. My little guy, is now a Ravens fan. My other kids just like to be fans of anything that's not the Ravens, just to harass dad. But but that's that's such a it, it's so true yeah. that, that I'll tell you, my kids give me crap all the time because they're like, "What if I became a Patriots fan? You're gonna disown me?" Yes, but you know, I would. But well, that's my, that's my, one my, of my favorite pictures. Michael, yeah, go ahead. My youngest, Michael, who's now who's the Hecker fan. He's a huge, he loves the color orange. And from his day he was born, he loved Tigers. So his actual other team is the Cincinnati Bengals, ironically. Are you serious? So, uh, but he he loves the Rams because of Hecker. But if it's not against the Rams, he's a Bengals guy. That's and so, You know, and, and going back to the thing with dads, my dad uh, always promised me if the Rams made the Super Bowl, we were going to go. And in 1999, he made true on that promise. We were living in Baltimore. I, you know, we flew into Atlanta and it was the middle of an ice storm. I, he had to fly in at like one in the morning and I had to come in the night before, stay at an employee's house. And, and we went there and it was an ice storm. And of course it had that great ending. It was the greatest show on turf and one yard short. Mike Jones makes the tackle happened right in front of us. We were in that end zone kind of up, but I was there with my dad and, and now, uh, in this most recent Super Bowl, I, I went with my mom and I took my two boys, my 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 fourteen year old, my ten year old. They went, and I got to do that with my boys. And so it's sort of this like my dad and me and yeah. my kids. It's really cool, and you think about that. And again, kind of like we were sitting in the end zone off to the side, and the touchdown with Cooper Cup was right right in front of us. I mean, we were yeah. not on that level, but we were right there and it's like i have those those incredible memories of going back 22 years and seeing that with my dad and now it's being there with my kids and you can't ever 100%. change that right that's yeah and that's, that's i've got a picture one of my favorite pictures is me walking with my son i think he was three at the time on my shoulders and both of us have a keekley jersey on like i oh. die hard keekley fan yeah. uh, keekley is 
my player for the Panthers. Like if I had to choose one, Keekly's yeah. my player. Well, and um, that's a damn good one to choose. Are you watching yeah. Hard Knocks by chance? Uh, I have started a little bit. Uh, I watched the Panthers one, and then I think they're the. I'm in Michigan right now, so everyone's focused. Well, on they're, the right now it's stuff. the Detroit Lions. Yeah, yeah. And this uh, last episode, there was just a thing where a player had thrown a towel into a fan, into the stands for a fan, a little boy. Yeah. And it turned out that the player's dad was right next door, and and the little kid it was his birthday, and like the the player unknowingly made this kid's day, and the dad and the kid oh. were so happy. And later on, the dad's talking to the player. It's like you know what you you gave you made that kid's day, and that that makes me just more that's proud right. than than you being the player too. You know, like that yeah, was you made a kid's day. And that's like that goes into the collecting stuff, like you were talking about. Some of the stuff there is just a video that released. So obviously, being a Panthers fan, I got to be a McCaffrey fan. It just comes of course. down. McCaffrey just traded some kid his cleats for a pack of Oreos and Doritos. Like he was at, <laughs> he was at training camp and McCaffrey comes over and he's like, those Doritos. He's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I'll bring you back a pair of gloves tomorrow. And the kid's like, he's like, I'll bring you back a pair of gloves tomorrow. If you bring me Oreos and the kids showed up and McCaffrey came out and then someone else came out. They're like, Hey, did you just give McCaffrey those? He's like, yeah. He's like, here's his cleats. Yeah. Sign cleats. Like, but, and but- those are the memories. Those are, and those are things that you collect. Uh, and I feel like there's people, like you said, that collect to collect for that monetary value. And then there's people that collect to say, I've got this and I'm super damn proud of it. Well, that's I don't why Brooks know. Robinson, he, you met Brooks, the greatest, look, the, the human Hoover. vacuum, yeah. human greatest vacuum. third baseman. Yeah. Just if you know, if you haven't figured it out, if they played on EOs, he might have been the greatest ever fucking played a game. I'll tell you what Brooks was best at. He was the single nicest guy you'd ever meet, ever, period. And just- 100%. I met him at the first ever um, Hall of Famers game at Cooperstown. They actually brought Hall of Famers in to play a baseball game, which I was like, you guys have never done this before. This just seems to make sense. <laughs> And Brooks was out there, but it's funny. You talk about the collecting for the joy of say, so like I met Brooks and here's one of these guys that as a kid, my father loved, I watched him play some in his latter years in that 83 world series. You know, this was a guy that, you know, I, I, you know him. So to me to get his autograph was kind of like being able to call my dad at that time and say, dad, I met Brooks Robinson and it was great watching I, I was actually almost disgusted though by the people around me where I listened to some mouth breather who was like so I so really hope he uses my pen to sign this baseball back because if he doesn't use my pen this is gonna run and that's not gonna really ruin the value of this. Yep. And I'm yeah. and, and I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking to myself, listen clown, do you know who that is? Yeah. And a that's lot of people the they human don't vacuum cleaner. It's, and that's the hard part is that they some people don't yeah. know they know that he's got value because they've seen his sheet, but they don't know, like you said, nicest guy in the world. Like yeah. that that's why I, I want your autograph because one, it's got the memories. There was just two, a video just, yeah. of yeah. Terry McLaren, uh Washington Redskin, who who stayed after practice and signed autographs, and then the line kept going. It's like I'm gonna say I'm gonna sign every single one. And didn't have to. I know Ripken was the kind of guy he would sign. Trout does the same. There's a great video, if you can ever watch it, of Mike Trout. Some kid is up there, and Mike Trout signs his baseball. And the kid 
jumps for joy and he's like running back to his dad and he's like wiping tears from his yep. eyes because there was such like he got to meet Mike Trout and Mike Trout signed his baseball. You know what? That ball is never going anywhere. No. We collected at all levels for a very long time and we met wonderful people. We bought and sold collections and we got a lot of gifts. Right. And I, and they ranged from costumes worn by the actors that they gave us too. And I don't know if I've ever even told you this, Sean, you know, I, I met Kobe Bryant and shoes. Kobe Bryant gifted us a pair of game worn shoes from nice. the 2010 NBA championships that he wore in game one against the Celtics. So those I actually still have. I haven't sold them. I wouldn't sell them. Those were a gift of a moment where I've got a picture of Kobe with my son. I've got a picture of my parents with Kobe in the shoes. Those are really powerful memories to me. And we were having this discussion about what, how would we sell them if we wanted to? And the consensus was only if it benefited cancer research as my father passed away from cancer, went to yep. Kobe's foundation. It could only be done in a way that would honor those memories that would honor the connection that was created that day, where it went to cancer, where it went to the Mamba Foundation or the Academy that's here in Thousand Oaks or down south from here. Yeah. That's the only yeah. way you could do something like that, where you're doing it in a way where it was honoring what happened. Well, the, yeah, where the connection that was made is essentially going to make another connection that's Correct. just as valuable. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, I, and that's, I think every once in a while, something will pop up on my Facebook feed where it's the, this is what baseball, this is what sports are all about. Or yeah, yeah. someone goes over, Miggy's a huge one, especially being in Michigan now, where yeah. there's that video where he went and caught the foul ball and stole one of the fans' nachos. Like, yeah, right? just stuff like that. Like, that is that's what the whole reason that's trick. <laughs> yeah and that that's what that's what collecting is i mean and, and going back to it like talking about your breaks how how often are you doing your breaks because i know there are so some breaks out there stream, that... great question thank you we we stream uh thursday friday saturdays thursday nights uh tend to be much more content where we're talking about uh collecting or showing off future products and, and really dc is in charge of that he's finding people to talk about uh to talk to uh we did the art talk last saturday because the artist was in town that day the breaks tend to be friday and saturday nights uh we we stream usually uh, starting at 6 p.m on uh, pacific uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on our on our Twitch and YouTube channels. Please join us, subscribe, do all those wonderful things. Uh, and we go for hours. We're there. We're, we're opening up card breaks. I, I, we've got a few more in process. We've still got product uh, ready to be opened. Uh, we're ready. You know, if you come hang out with us, like we want you to buy stuff, but we want you to enjoy the process. We want you to think of it as hanging out with your friends. You're going out for a night. You're going to buy a movie ticket or a concert ticket or dinner or something and just be a part of the community friday saturdays for breaks thursdays for talk love it and that, so you mentioned oh go ahead sean or i'm gonna disconnect what did he freeze or is it me i, I did know. freeze no i froze. Right. Um, say? The, the, the hamster passed out real quick uh on my <laughs> internet wheel 
so you mentioned Twitch. And so it's funny. My stream, this is how I got introduced to Sean, was I was streaming Call of Duty. My name is okay, Dibs sure. and Bits, which works out because you get bits through Twitch. Like, yeah, sure. that's how uh, people do that. So have you guys, uh, with the whole Twitch thing and how big, live streaming has become especially with gaming and stuff have you guys thought about or maybe you've done like doing a like the gaming because you've got your stone mountains you've got your death or disrespects you're yeah. huge streamers like have you guys thought Absolutely. about doing something like with those yeah. guys i mean we, we we have had those discussions and of course it all comes down to connections and making it happen we, we just became an affiliate uh we, okay. we've got you know a lot of good things happening we're we're now in the process of creating content that we can spread to other people, that we can have these guys on. Because one of the things I've learned in talking to people over my 49 years of existence is a lot of times if you bring them on just to talk about themselves, that they're tired of it, particularly people who are actors yeah. or athletes. But if you're talking about collecting their passions, you know, what makes them tick? It's a much different discussion. I used to have, I was friends with a, a big name NBA player and getting him to talk basketball was impossible. And he yep. would just shut down. But if you were talking baseball, if you were talking classic movies, you would have the most amazing conversations animated. Like he would just be like a whole new person. Yeah, they got that makes perfect sense. Something. Yeah, they, they get to talk about something that, that gives them joy, right? Yeah. That's where Sean, Sean and I've been doing this for, for years now. We get to talk about things that make us happy, and it's yeah. it's a blast. We love it. It's yeah. not hard at all. Yeah, and you well, joke, so like, Sean says it all the time. We're like, oh, I'm going to take a left turn. But, that like, when I tune into, uh, like, when I watch streamers, when I, Stone Mountain's a huge one because it's just big for me. It's not his gameplay that I watch. It's the interaction. It's how he yeah. does everything and taking those left turns in conversation. Like I've watched so many of Sean's podcasts where I'm like, oh, well, that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're nothing. talking about, but I'm super into it. But like, it's I think when Sean and I did the podcast about me streaming, 10 minutes was about streaming. The other hour was about yeah. talking about the Marine Corps and stuff. And it's well, yeah. we haven't well, was the first podcast I ever fucked up. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> I'll put this out there. So I'm going to, I'm going to out myself. So I put Doug's podcast together. I'm early. Like he was like episode 10. Like he was early episode 10. I got this thing all together. I upload it. I got this all together and it's not Doug. I don't remember. It wasn't Doug. It was the prior one. It was episode nine or whatever. It was episode nine. I'm calling. I'm calling Herb, the Podfather. I'm like, what do I do? He's like, and he's trying to walk me through it. And then Doug is like the nicest human being. He's like, hey man, it's it's still not there. I'm like, I'm fixing it now. And like he has no idea. I'm full blown stressed. About the, I don't think I've ever told you this. No, story. I didn't know about any of this. <laughs> oh, brother! I, I was trying to, like, trying to pass the link on, and they're like, "That's not the right one." I'm like, "All right, I'll go back to Sean." All right, I'm full blown. I thought Marines would have a little more. Uh, oh my God! You have no idea how stressed I was. Exactly, you just nailed it, Marines. Like the gunnery sergeant is sitting there going, "Like you got to fucking be kidding me!" Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you're knife handing, you're snapping I'm, yourself. Like I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like pointing and I'm like stressed out. And Herb's like, get it fixed. That here's what you do. Get everything together. And then re and, and we re-uploaded it. 
and now Doug and I do this every three months. This is, yeah. we'll finish this. I'll look and see what my schedule is. We'll schedule it. We'll make it happen. And we'll make it happen every three months. I will bump people for Doug <laughs> because well, yeah. this is what we do. This is, this is one of like, I love everybody that comes on the show, but Doug is one of those people that like, I need this one. This is like, this is the refresh button every three months. Yeah. Well, you said it, Dibs. I mean, taking a left turn. We haven't really talked about the collecting world very much this show. And there are some incredible stories out there. But what we've learned is if it is, if we're talking collecting, we're talking connecting. And all the things we've talked about have been about connecting, right? Yeah. So we really have been talking collecting, just not the big stories of the day. Well, so on that note, what is your holy grail? Like, what is your wow? Crimson crown. Sean Murphy's autograph. Yeah, <laughs> that's number two. Uh, first oh. is a Dibs autograph. No, no, no. Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know that changes, right? So, so Absolutely. my friend Trevor, who has been on this before, has a saying about you know I wish I didn't know that existed. Yep. Um, I. Uh, now you know that the Rams released their Super Bowl ring. I don't know if you got to see it, but it is incredible. Yep. And you can actually buy your own. And I was talking to a friend of mine who works for the Rams, and she showed me hers. And I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't know that existed because I want one. But I was bidding a couple months ago on a 99 Super Bowl ring. Actually, prior to the Rams winning this year, I was bidding on a 99 Super Bowl ring through Golden Auctions. And I chased it and I chased it and I just couldn't go any further. I just couldn't in my brain do it. Um, but, you know, those kinds, you know, those things that hold memories near and dear, right? That Super Bowl, the uh, World Series. I'm, I collect Mike Trout gamers. I have 11 different Mike Trout game-worn uniforms. Nice. Um, I, the, the, there's always a new one coming out. I've got the basics. Now I do the the random style. So I'm always chasing that kind of stuff and I got to be picky. It's just so hard now through the pandemic and the way things have skyrocketed, you know, 2021, the collectibles market became, was like $27 billion and it's predicted over the next decade to reach $200 billion. So yeah. And uh, and it's crazy. It's crazy how different people like what. So one of my favorite things that I actually own and it's not like super, super valued, but I have a salute to service and the Marine Corps digital camo signed by Luke Keekley. Like yeah. that, that's huge for nope. me. One, cause uh, linebacker for the Panthers. He'll be in the hall of fame. Should be, yeah, you know, I don't know. you know, it's, it's, it's all right. Yeah. One of the good teams, one of the good teams. Um, I, wasn't but, I don't know you. Yeah. Um, but it, it's one of those things and it's just like you, I bought my wife one of her first, she's got a, she's a Steelers fan. So Sean can plug his ears. Can't, um, can't win them all. Yeah, so, but one of the, one of the jerseys that I got her was, um, oh my goodness. And I can't, I can't remember his name now. She's got a, she's got a Palamalu jersey, oh, but, yeah, then, but then USC. there was the, uh, yeah, there's a linebacker that they had that was, uh, uh, Villa Villanueva uh-huh. think, where he was, yeah, where he was a Army Ranger, and she's huge military. So it's just it's cool seeing the different elements of how people collect and what their holy yeah. grails are. Well, and go on, Sean. You, what are you thinking? Yeah, man? Sean had an epiphany. I just, I, what, when you were talking about holy grails, 
So I told you I was at the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame over the weekend. Name dropper, sure, go on. Absolutely, like all all day long. Don't get it yeah. twisted. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, I gotta get because you're that guy that turns around and goes, "Oh, you're looking for? Yeah. Give me a minute." Uh, yeah. You're that guy, Doug. Don't get it twisted. You're that guy. <laughs> at the Hall of Fame, um, it's not the the Strangler. Do you remember mm-hmm. the? There's a famous pro wrestler called the Strangler. Yep. The guy who I can't think of his name. If I said his name, you would actually probably know him because he's actually a big collector. I cannot think of his name right now. He had not only did he have an original and it was like it was police something. It was a police sketch, but they were done like as actual real inserts into things. They weren't like law enforcement sketches. Sure. Um. but he had not only did he have an original from an insert from the guy wrestling, he had his actual autograph. And for those who don't understand, this is a wrestler from like the 19 teens, 1920s. They weren't that big a deal back then. People didn't get things signed as much. No, it, yep. it was like, ah, oh, it was like circus entertainment. I promise you, I will get you a seat. And I know Seth. And I'll get you to the to the right coast. You gotta if you can find some some pro wrestling. So the pro wrestling hall of fame out here in Albany, they've got some wild stuff. They just put sure. a cage in there. They've got people and they do all kinds of stuff. But looking at the memorabilia they've been able to collect, um, has been and that's and I'm curious when you're feeling this, that's and you just said it. Well, nobody cared back then. This is an industry where today there's meet and greets, there's contacting people, there's all these things. Even baseball, going back to the 50s, people wanted autographs and all that. But pro wrestling really doesn't have its heyday until the 80s into the 90s. Before that, it was all, well, you were part of the West Texas, you were part of the Mid-Atlantic, you were part of the Southern, you were part of all these different outlets very regionally specific to 100 percent regional all the pro wrestlers when you get into those markets and i don't know if you've done any collecting into that i know we've talked a little bit about it um oh oh hey sean hey i'm pretty good man about yourself no, I'm good, man. Uh, well, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely cool. Oh, you and he's back. oh man, he's, he's back. back. All right. All of a sudden, Derek had like kicked in, and, and I'm like, "Oh, it's Derek." And I was gonna put Derek stuff up, but I hit my mouse and threw it to the side, and it kicked me right <laughs> out. But uh, when it comes to those kind of things, if somebody's looking to get into that, I think that some of that regional wrestling stuff is very niche, very niche, very valuable today. Very valuable, but but. It's very regionally focused. You see that a lot with baseball cards and football cards and basketball cards because they would have been produced by SK Hot Dog. So you've got the 50s cards, SK uh, baseball cards, and <laughs> Derek, two angels. I said fans. the same shit, Derek. I, I, like I felt like the only adult in the room as an Orioles fan. <laughs> um, I said. But it's, it is regional. And so people in Baltimore, like I – I don't know SK until I moved to Baltimore. I love I'd SK never heard dogs. of it, right? And so I grew up with Dodger dogs, right? And so there are things that hold more power 
in a certain area until they become uh, very popular and then people are collecting and then you've got people who want to have everything and they go, hey, there's an SK Mickey Mantle card, you got to get it. Or those things, they become quite popular as people get more in depth. The more people are collecting something, the more, the deeper dive they will do. And there's always things coming up uh, that people go, oh my God, I never knew that existed. Again, one of those things, thanks to Trevor. I'm so mad I know that exists. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be a complete off the wall thing that someone's great grandma got a turnbuckle back in yeah. 19 tickety two and it's been sitting in her garage or attic and then all of a sudden it comes up and you're and that's one of the coolest parts is you see these things from the, the 20s to 30s and it's signed and so yeah. many people are like I have no freaking clue who this is signed by and it turns out that it's someone that was a regional wrestler during the 20s yeah. and now it's yeah Okay, I got a story for you. I recently became friends with a former football player, Buffalo Bills guy named Chris Hale. And Chris Hale joined us at Comic-Con, and I'm standing in line to get an autograph from Todd McFarlane. And I'm talking to the guy in front of me who was a Marine, amazingly enough. We're everywhere. And he grew up in that area, and he's like, my mom ran into Chris Hale at a grocery store, and he signed an autograph for me. 30 years ago, right? This would have been, you know, the nineties, right? So 30 years ago. So it was like, Chris Hale was one of my favorite players because my, he was nice. My mom, my mom signed, got the card yep. gave it to me. We're like, well, you know, Chris Hale is hanging out with us at our booth. Come on by. So it's this totally random thing where one little connection, one thing you're just talking about can send you off. Like you ever think you're going to know, another Chris Hale, a guy who like, he was my favorite player because my mom way back then, you just never know. But you go into a whole different thing of how people, and we've talked about it with the father son relationships with how, how people, I became a Panthers fan because the first year they came out, my dad got me a starter jacket and it's, I became a Panthers fan. I mean, it's, I became an angels and a ducks fan because like I said, you could go to a ducks game or go to an Angels game, hop the freeway, and go to a Ducks game for 20 bucks on the night. Like, And it's just, you start going to them more. You start building that that fun memory of stuff. Yeah, let's I hear. think I don't, here's another thing I don't think I've ever told. We're getting into some I've never told Doug (laughs) shit tonight. You can blame me. It's all right. Never have I ever. Okay. Never have I ever. Doug, and I'm going to blow your mind. Do you know my favorite? Now, you know I'm an O's fan. You know I love my birds. Do you know my favorite, and you and I have a connection this way. Okay. Who my favorite O's player ever is? Who? Mike Devereaux. Mike Devereaux, of course. Devo. Yeah. I'm a huge, he was originally drafted by the Dodgers. Yep. Like, I have his somewhere in this house, his Dodgers future, future star card. That dude was a badass outfielder. That yeah. dude was a beast in the outfield. And then put him at at the plate. He was cranking. He was money. My uncle used to say I liked him so much. I was I could start my own religion called Devonism. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's to me like who else on God's green earth is a Mike Devereaux fan yeah. other than me and his mother? You know, yeah. they're, they're, like that's it. And that's the great thing about sports. Like, just I just felt a connection to that yep. guy for no reason I, other than yeah. he was amazing. Yeah. 
It was amazing. No, I was a kid. Yeah. I grew up in Anaheim. My favorite player was Brian Downing. Was a former outfielder catcher for the White Sox. Got traded to the Angels. Was uh, mostly famous because he ran into Gary Pettis in the outfield all the time. They yep. said they're going to put a cowbell on him. <laughs> and I can't even tell you why he was my favorite player. But he he was. I was a Brian Downing fan. I had, I think, the only game-worn Brian Downing jersey ever. Uh, a friend of mine chased him down one day at a church to to get him to sign it. Um, not and there were you know that's when they had uh, Rod Carew and Bobby Gritch and Doug yep. Senses and Reggie Jackson and Claudel Washington and Brian Downing was my guy. Gary Pettis was the center fielder a little bit later, but that was my guy. And I no reason why for football. My favorite players were linemen, Jackie Slater, uh, Orlando Pace, Andrew Whitworth, who just retired. I, I There's great talent on those teams, but I just like those kind of random guys. And Johnny Hecker, no, the punter. People are like, who wants yeah. a punter? Like, punter you you got to love yeah. – did no, you see Derek, Derek's statement? Yeah. Yeah. Not going to lie, I had a Niners starter jacket as yeah. a kid. And because my peewee football team was the Niners, as well as they really yeah. good back then – but you know what's funny is here's another breaker guy. Derek is another breaker guy with us. The, if, if Steve is the breaker, like horseshoe dead in his ass, <laughs> Derek is the breaker junkie. Like yeah. he's the guy that like, ah, we got one box left here. Let me send you money. Like, but Derek, Derek you've already bought man. seven of them. Here, I got to tell money. you, we do this because we love it. And we love doing it for these the family, the, the people there, we enjoy it. We want them to, to love us as much as we love them. Derek has been with us from the beginning. And, and he is a guy who really just enjoys the process uh, and, and has done some wonderful stuff. We've been really lucky. We've had a lot of fun. But the people who come into our chats and dibs, I hope you join us like Sean joins oh, us once in a while. It's yeah, fun. It's I love community. watching Brent. I yeah. I, I love watching that type of stuff just because, I mean, like we were talking about, it's just you never know what's going to be there. The conversation's great, and it's just – so, no, I'll definitely be tuning in. Like I said, I'm on Twitch. I have Twitch up. Well, I'll probably actually base, tomorrow – uh, I'll probably turn it up, uh, probably turn it on on my TV tomorrow while I'm working and go back and watch some of your old videos and stuff love just it. to go back and watch them. <laughs> my my peewee team – so my peewee football team, I was on the Dolphins, and that was like 84. So, of course, Dan Marino <laughs> – uh, yep. And my baseball team, I was the Cubs. And so my favorite baseball player when I first started playing was Andre Dawson, right? The Hawk. And I have uh, Dawson's rookie card. <laughs> Dawson was a legit guy. And maybe my favorite quote ever from a baseball player was when Andre Dawson got named MVP on a last place team. And he's like, hey, most valuable player on a last place team. How do they mean that? You know, and I just that always made me laugh. It's like, hey, what do they mean by that? I, I was a big Hawk fan. See, mine is John Crook. I'm not yep. an athlete. I'm a baseball player. John See, Crook from Philadelphia. Like, I, I grew up being a baseball. Uh, I caught in baseball. So I became a Pudge Rodriguez fan simply of because of his glasses. Yeah. Just his glasses. That's the only reason. I liked the glasses and I liked the mask flip. Like I'm. I mirrored my mask flip off yep. the budgets. Like I was a catcher too. For me, it was Bob Boone, Steve Yeager, go. Mike Sosha. I'm a big Sosha yep. guy. Uh, met Sosha. In fact, 
talking about favorite items, I have a picture of of Mike Sosha when he won the World Series, and it says, "Doug, we finally did it, Mike Sosha." And that just a simple photo after you know being yep. years and years of a Halos fan. Yep. Mike Sosha signed that photo. We finally did it, and it's maybe my prized autograph photo i love and i think part of that is you could feel the emotion through that like like you could feel the the utter like ah it's about damn time type feeling (laughs) i remember let let your buddy know that uh trent dilford is still um the best quarterback in florida football history is trent dilford um i don't count um what's his name from the patriots i don't count him because he's a transplant, but uh, Drew yeah, Bledsoe, Trent, yeah, you know, yeah, Trent, Drew Bledsoe, yeah, 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 Trent Dilford. I used to, I used to love to mess yeah. with with Miami fans and be like, "Do you know why Trent Dilford is better than Dan Marino?" And they'd be like, "He's nowhere near Dan Marino." I'm like, "Which Got one's got ring. a ring?" <laughs> and well, it's so for, for breaks. It used to be somewhat easy for me to get Carolina's division. And now sure. Brady's in the division, and I'm like, oh, yeah. well, I guess I guess I don't get anything anymore. So it's yeah, it used to be somewhat easy for Brady, yeah. but you'll, you'll see if you come into our breaks and you buy in, we we get you into our Discord, and we have a lot of trades going on. You can certainly cool. work in chat. Hey, you've got you know I've got this division, and you've got that one. But are you willing to trade for the Panthers? And they'll well, trade. Well, that's funny. Is like, is people would be like, oh yeah, like oh I want a cam card. I'm like. Uh, you can take the Panthers. Just give me yeah. any Keekley or Davis card yeah. that comes up. That's yeah. a, that's what I want. Like, give what me about a Greg green. Do you card. have any green cards? Like he was really like that's the I, only. I have I have a signed mini helmet by. Do you Kevin really? Green. I do. I have a signed mini helmet by Kevin Green. Uh, signed mini by McCaffrey and a. I have a hard camo. time thinking of Green as anything else but a Ram. But you know, yep. Uh, <laughs> well, wasn't he a st- think of it? But yeah. wasn't he a Steeler before he was? He was a Ram and then a Steeler. Right. Yeah. He was a Ram Steeler. And then when the when that expansion draft happened, yeah. uh, Pittsburgh didn't put the tag on him and he, he ended up getting sent down to Carolina. And he's in the Hall of Fame really because of Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. a couple of play like look at Julius Peppers. Peppers has yeah. gone back one. and forth a couple of times. Like ah, <laughs> uh, to it. No, I'll go Fitz Magic over to uh like just because Fitz Magic is entertaining. Oh, Fitz Magic drafted by the Rams. He came into the <laughs> league as a Ram. I don't know Tua. I I I think Tua still got a shot at being a so hell of a quarterback. I really do. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy though because of his injury history. Um, needs a real line in front of him. He needs a couple of years with a good strong line because he's not a guy that can take a hit. We can yeah, get into he's... some other stuff because my whole thing right now is uh. Lamarvelous needs to stop playing games and needs to sign a contract. Yeah. Because where he's really screwing up is his backup in Baltimore. Yeah. Is maybe not as mobile, but it's still a very mobile quarterback yeah. and has a stronger arm. But there was a good article that, you know, what uh, it was in the athletic, I think, that while he has drawn out this entire contract process, He's probably made himself an extra fifty to sixty million dollars because when they started, contracts were X Y Z. Oh yeah, and then of course uh, everybody signed like Stafford for forty million, and so and then Deshaun Watson at two thirty. Uh, he's probably made himself 
50 to 60 extra million dollars by drawing it out over the period of all these other signings. He'll just say, I want this contract and that's where we are. So, well, I just saw a thing uh, dealing with him. So I didn't quite understand all the franchise tag stuff, but basically they, if he gets the franchise tag, I'll do my best folks to explain this. If he gets the franchise tag this year, it's the average of the top five uh, highest paid players. Correct. If he go goes into the next one and gets the franchise tag, it's 21% over whatever Correct. that average yep. is. If he goes yep. into a third year with it, it's 44% yep. over that. And a fifth year is like, 53 or 57%, something like that. Yeah. I don't know how many years they can do it. I think there's a limit of two. It's three three, years you can franchise. Um, But yeah, so he would, if he's doing well, he's betting on himself, obviously, but he can make a huge amount of money, but he's negotiating with, you know, by himself, through himself. No agent. No agent. Interesting. Uh, But drawing it out, he's actually, by, by playing the long game, uh, the value has gone up of quarterbacks from when people were making $35 million a year to the top five guys are now on the $40 millions. But does he uh, play on September 11th? Does he play that day? Yeah, but that's and that's where you start getting into like like you were saying, like there's you start kind of looking at injury. My fantasy football team is keep McCaffrey healthy. Like <laughs> it's, Jalen Hurt. Yeah. My cup just... runneth over. That's mine. So you know. Yeah. My so... cup runneth over. <laughs> Uh, so really, so talking about what Derek's comment was before this, the, the Randy Johnson, man, Seattle is real good at developing real good players and sending them somewhere else to win a world series. Right. I mean, it's, but talking about memories and stuff, you can't, if you're a baseball fan, Griffey has the swing of swings. Yeah. Hold on. Can we get into Randy Johnson as the greatest video in baseball history, that refuses to talk about that. He refuses to talk about worst dad. Have you ever heard like how bad of a dad he is? Have you ever heard about that? I have uh, not, but oh I my know god, look into like Randy Johnson as a father. He's one of those guys that has like he has like one kid from like a, a road chick that he met, and this kid talks about it like, yeah, I never like I was. I, I, I think of Randy Johnson in two times, right? So I think of him, of course, in the All-Star game against John Crook. <laughs> My man, John. Put the helmet on backwards. Like, I tried to do just nothing. And then, of course, they're, you know, hitting the bird, right? The, the yes, pigeon yeah. through the pitch. It's just it was there, and then it was gone. Uh, you know, well, he and then obliterated the, it. Like, obliterated yeah. it, right? But, and apparently in interviews, he refuses to talk about the, the bird hitting. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. there, so then it goes back to if you remember that happened to Dave Winfield, and I think he was in Toronto at one point. He was throwing a ball in and hit a bird as well. And like uh, I want to say, Peta or somebody even uh, threatened to sue. <laughs> yeah, he did it on purpose. And the manager said, "You know, you think he hit that bird on purpose? He can't even hit the cutoff man." <laughs> he can't even hit the cutoff man he's not hitting a bird on purpose but like that that was the same idea but again when when winfield did it no tv not nearly the social media yeah. today oh that's randy it. johnson man that <laughs> poof it was just like yeah feathers was i was feathers. one mixed card yeah. that just had a feather in it 
but the Randy Johnson signature. How badass would that be to collect, to have a go find a pigeon feather and have Randy Johnson sign it? Oh, God. That could be a new holy grail. That could be the real. He would refuse. You think he would refuse? Yeah. Yeah. He's not talking about that. You know, that's, you know, one of those things that people just, it's like it only brings up negative things. No one ever yeah. has any fun. Like, oh my gosh, you hit that bird, and I proposed to my wife, and she said yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's if I was like, you hit that bird, and you know, I went, I get hugged my parrot, or so. It's like it's it's not it's not a fond memory. We think of it differently, but I mean, if that happened to you, it'd be pretty traumatic, I imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. it's just so amazing. What was the highlight of your career? I obliterated a bird. I mean, not not that I like one World Series with the Diamondbacks. None of these things. I annihilated the shit out of that bird. Literally, (laughs) that is so great. Well, look, gents, we're we're gonna get this thing thing together here. Uh, As as always, you know, make sure you're checking out DCD Collects. They're on Facebook at DCD Collects. They're on Instagram at DCD Collects. If you're looking for Doug, he's on LinkedIn at Douglas. Douglas. Like, I feel like I'm yelling at you when I say it. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> right. Douglas uh, Dreyer, and that's D-R-E-I-E-R. Uh, you can find him there. Instagram is DCD Collects. We were talking about DC The Breaker. Make sure you're reaching out. He's DC The Breaker. Also, their uh, Twitch is uh, DCD Collects. Everything uh, is DCD collects for us. Everything. To make it really easy, real simple. I love this. Uh, Derek, good luck getting the feather authenticated. I'm pretty sure he'll refuse signing anything associated with the bird. wonder if I could get him to sign an Orioles hat. That'd be more interesting. That's a bird. I mean, give me a break. wonder if that's, they fuck him all up there. <laughs> um, but make sure you're, you're reaching out. Uh, again, Doug, like you said, it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday or no Sunday? Uh, no, Rand, we Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll soon maybe start doing either Tuesday night or Sunday afternoons, just Trevor and I chatting about stuff. stuff. Uh, karma, we've done karma collecting. We've done ethics of collecting. We've really tried to cover the, the, the wide range of topics within collecting. So uh, that's just fun stuff. We do, we do it when we can, when we have time, and we want to do kind of like what you're doing, Above the Bar podcast. We want to do it. DCD collects. We're just talking about the real parts of collecting. And and don't for don't forget though, you know, then you got Trevor Trevor is Trevor underscore baseball underscore cards underscore. You can find him over there on Instagram and he's always got some some great stuff. So make sure you're you're following all these guys. Get them all all on your Instagram, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your Twitch. I mean, hell if your grandma's got a uh got a rotary phone, make sure you take her phone. Maybe you find a way to Write it on the bottom of it. Who knows? We can get it all on everywhere. At the same time, if you're liking all those posts that we put out each week, as I always say, I am a horrible, horrible person at making posts. Um, I look like a, a third third grader fighting with a crayon, giant crayon when I make my posts, and then I reach out to dibs. And if you're looking to improve your stuff and you're trying to collect on a a better media product. Make sure you're reaching out to Media by Dibs. You can find Dibs on Facebook at Media by Dibs. You can find him on Instagram at Media by Dibs. And if you go on LinkedIn, it's Andrew Dibble, D I B B L E S, or D I B B L E, Dibble. I almost called you Dibbles. Look, yeah. Dibbles and bits. Um, you can find him <laughs> over there. So make sure you go and give him a follow, give him a like. Uh, and if you reach out to Dibs and you say, hey, 
I want to belly up to the bar. He's going to give you a 10% discount on your first order and a free consultation. Trust me when I tell you um, I suck at this shit and he's got it figured out. I Anything that you see of mine, you can tell. Like his look like Picasso's and like really nice. And I'm telling you, my stuff is horrible. And I just look at him. I'm like, can you fix this? Can you fix? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll mess with it. So make sure you reach out, out the dibs for that. And as always, and we missed it this, uh, at the start, we didn't do sticker and a cause. I just wanted to talk to these guys. So as always, we got sticker, sticker and a cause, uh, see you later. Go M's. You got it, brother. You got to love him. Mariners. Hey, look, Ken Griffey, first person to hit the uh, wall at Camden Yards to hit the uh, the wall in the outfield. The warehouse, yeah. Hit the warehouse. But uh, as always, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. If you've got something that you believe in, something you're supporting, whether it be a, something you're collecting, something, a Girl Scout troop, podcast, I don't give a shit what it is. You reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. They're all the Above the Bar podcast or TikTok is Above the Bar podcast. Uh, even our emails, the above the bar podcast at gmail.com. You send me a message. Let me know what it is. We'll go ahead and throw your, I'll give you the address. We'll throw your stuff up on the board and we'll read about whatever that is on the show. So make sure you're reaching out to us and make sure you give all of us a follow. We all need a follow. That's the only way this thing grows. It's the only way people know about it. And I have a sneaking suspicion. As long as you're not a turd, if you reach out to Doug and you reach out to me, cause I have one also, I don't use mine as much. And you ask him for to connect you to his Discord, he probably will let you in because he's just that kind of guy. So yeah. as we do, and Doug, you've done this so many times. I hope you're prepared for this. You know, we're not the, local. About the, the the closing out speech that you're you're about to talk. I, about. I mean, that's what we're gonna go for. And you know, not to log off and all those. No, things. no, no. It's uh, you know, one of the great things about connecting and collecting is that. It, it, it really, everybody can talk about it. And whether you collect baseball cards or comic books or artwork or pens from the hotels you've been at, you can really relate over the fact that you're, you're passionate about something. And that's really what collecting is, is, is passion. And if you understand collecting one thing, you can understand somebody else collecting another thing. And really, if you if you think of it like that, it really can bring people together. It it, it can be used as uh, the bridge, you know that that first step over a bridge. Hey, you collect that? That's really cool. I don't know anything about that, but tell me about it. If you know one thing about a person, you can ask more questions and find out more. So so collecting, and I've seen it through comic cons and baseball card shows people are there because they love something. And if you share passion, whether the passion thing be different, you understand it and you can relate to it. And, and places like comic cons, especially where not everybody's there for the same reason, but they're all there because they love something and they want to be a part of something. And so everybody's there for the same goal of fitting in and, and finding your tribe. Uh, that's a pretty powerful concept. And we think about that. Uh, it can bring people together. I've met my best friends through collecting. I've had jobs through collecting. I've, I've done incredible things. I've met people. I've handled some of the most incredible artifacts through collecting. And so I think of it as more than what's it worth uh, as much 
as I think of it as, why do we do this? Why is it important to me? And I, I think about, I've met Sean through this. We've become very good friends because we're talking about collecting. And now I know Dibs and Dibs is going to join our family too. And that's pretty, pretty powerful to me. So I, I, I think collecting is something we should celebrate. We should elevate the, the discussion about it because it's not just a baseball card for sells for $12.5 million. Why is it selling for that? Like what cultural power does that have? Why are people so connected to Mickey Mantle and the Honus Wagner and Ken Griffey Jr. and Luke Kukli? Because we have our reasons. Things are there. Things are important to us because we connected to them through a time, a moment, a space, a group, whatever. Collecting has done all of that. So it's a pretty cool thing. So collect. Collect what you love and what gives you joy. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation. Found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.